your host, Jamie, your friend at homeschool.com and homeschool mom of six. Join us as we keep it real and chat about the ups and downs of this amazing adventure we call the homeschool life. So grab a cup of your warm favorite and a comfy chair and let's get started. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode nine of the Homeschooling and Loving It podcast. Today, I'm podcasting from Tennessee where I've taken a carload of youngins to camp. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, I might be out of my mind, but bear with me if you hear outdoor sounds or even the occasional kid screaming as they run by. Anyway, we're glad you've joined us today as we chat about homeschooling methods and how to easily implement them into your homeschool. So last week we talked about the Montessori Montessori method or Montessori homeschooling, as well as the Reggio method and even the Moore formula. If you're interested in any of those homeschooling methods, you'll want to check out that podcast from last week and get the scoop on those. This week we'll talk about the school at home method, multiple intelligences, and the classical homeschooling method. So let's get started. The school at home approach is often referred to as traditional homeschooling. And they usually do that simply because it takes on a similar form as traditional education in America. The school at home approach is often what many beginning homeschoolers choose simply because it's very familiar to what they've always known. Um, Very familiar to what's done in schools today. So traditional homeschoolers will often use the lecture method style of teaching and will rely heavily on a regular daily schedule. So it's common for traditional homeschoolers to use regular tests and quizzes to track progress. And, you know, many will align their homeschool studies to, or their homeschool calendar, I should say, to the local school system. And they'll often even align their studies as well, you know, what subjects um, are taught when and in what grade, all that good stuff and, you know, the type of the type of things that they study. So many families do this and they align with the school system in their area. But then there are other school at home style families that will make up their own lesson plans and create their own learning materials. So, of course, as we've already mentioned, homeschooling is as individual as it gets and every family will be different. Every single traditional or school at home homeschool family is going to have a little different take on this. But the advantage of this style is that families can know exactly what to teach and when to teach it. And that can be a comfort, you know, when you're just starting out, there's so many things that you worry about. And obviously covering what needs to be covered is one of the biggest worries. And so this method is really great for new homeschoolers that are concerned about getting it right. However, the disadvantage is that this method requires much more work on the part of the teacher or parent. And the lessons are not always as much fun for the kids, the you know, using the straight up lecture method. Well, studies also have shown that this method has the highest burnout rate for parents. And why is that? Well, because there's a lot of parent prep. Um, even if you buy the traditional big box curriculum that's scripted and all of that good stuff, there's still 
you know, planning, laying out what you're going to do. Um, even if you do their script, you still got to grade all the quizzes and tests and keep track of a large number of books. And it, you know, I did this method for the first few years that we homeschooled it as well. And it was, it was pretty tough. Um, but st statistics do show that many homeschoolers will often migrate away from this method after they've gained confidence in their homeschooling abilities. And, you know, really simply put, that's just, they begin to know exactly what they want. Now they're confident. They, they don't need that script anymore. They, they know what, what needs to be done. And then they just get a little bit more free, I feel, and more creative with what they're doing with their homeschool. You know, this school at home approach is typically pretty easy to implement. And, and you know, in all reality, there are a lot of resources that support this type of homeschooling method. Um, so finding resources that will help you with this, if you, this is the way you want to go, it's not going to be hard. You're going to find something that will fit your needs. And of course, as I mentioned, the you know, the initial planning of it is not bad because if you buy a scripted curriculum, it's going to tell you what ex exactly what to do, what to say, when to say it. So there's kind of a comfort zone in that. All right. So the next one, the multiple intelligences approach. And this is, you know, some people might argue this is not exactly a homeschooling method, although it really can be your fundamental, um, thought process or philosophy when you're teaching in your homeschool. So it's kind of, you know, it's on the fence there. But this approach, the multiple intelligences approach, was actually developed by Howard Gardner and Harvard University's Project Zero. Um, it's been a while since it's been developed, but the basic fundamentals of this method are that everyone is intelligent in his or her own way and that learning is easiest and most effective when it uses a person's strengths and not their weaknesses you know some people might call this strengths-based learning and things like that it's very yes it's very close to this so we often hear this quote in conjunction with the multiple intelligences approach i really like this quote if you judge a fish by how well it can climb a tree it will spend its whole life thinking it's stupid. <laughs> so often we miss the mark in this area, truly, by placing expectations on our children that are just simply a bad fit. Trying to fit the round peg in the square hole. <laughs> so most homeschoolers have found success by naturally emphasizing their children's strengths and automatically tailoring their teaching to match the child's learning strengths or learning smarts, their abilities. So successful homeschoolers, are they adjust their learning environment to fit the, their children's best self. And it brings out their child's best and, and their child can be successful in this area. So there are several categories that are often used in determining a child's strengths. The first one is verbal linguistic. Obviously, that has to do with word smarts. Logical, mathematical, that has to do with logic and, you know, mathematical. <laughs> Naturalistic or nature smarts. Interpersonal, it's people smart. Intrapersonal would be understanding yourself and how you learn, so that's self smart. Visual spatial would be picture smart or some somebody that does well with visual representations. 
bodily kinesthetic is body smart means you're in tune with your body and you learn well when you feel touch play you know it kind of ties into those learning styles but it isn't exactly so we're going to talk about that in a minute and then the final one is musical rhythmic and that's music smarts gardner discovered that most people have two or three kinds of intelligence or smarts and this combination is what sets each individual up for success. And the homeschool parent's responsibility is simply to nurture these intelligences. But it's best to avoid teaching to only one type of intelligence or just labeling your student by one. Several reasons for this. Students can change over time and they can also develop new or unexpected types of intelligence or strengths. And that's why it's good for us as parent teachers to expose students to all the possible abilities and strengths in order to help them discover their unique tendencies. So if we expose them to these different types, then we can see if they've changed or developed new strengths in certain areas. Now, that's not to say that you always teach to every one of the intelligences. You know, teach to your child's best, um, but expose your children to all of them at times. Now, back to the note, the parentheses that I wanted to make. Multiple intelligence approach is not the same thing as a learning style. Okay. So those learning styles, and we, we know them, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, although they are kin to it. Learning styles involve the various senses to take in information, but the multiple intelligence theory is really all about how your brain processes information. All right. So using this philosophy in your homeschool, enables the student to develop and pursue learning with them within the modality that best fits their intelligences using their strengths can give them the tools necessary for success the disadvantage with using this philosophy or method lie in the difficulty some parents have in discovering a student's intelligence modes so in our show notes i'm going to include a few links to some places online where where you can find quizzes that will help you determine some of your or your children's intelligence strengths. All right, the final method that we're gonna look at today is the classical homeschooling method. And really, this has gained a lot of traction in the last few years. This method uses a three-part process to train a child's mind. True classical homeschooling really has been used to educate children for centuries. This is not something new, although it has seen a revival in the last few years. Um, there's a, a large return to this type of method, this historical method of educating. Uh, the instructional style, this instruction style actually, is based on a method developed by Latin writer Martianus Capella in the Middle Ages. And it was popularized then during the Renaissance period. But the original purpose of classical education was to create a uniform way of teaching all human knowledge. In fact, the overall goal is to get children thinking for themselves. The classical method of homeschooling is a very literature and language based method of learning. Three parts of study that classical homeschooling use is referred to the trivium. In each stage of the trivium, there is a distinct focus. So in the elementary level, there's the grammar stage, and this focuses on the foundational principles of learning 
and relates more to concrete ideas and terms and memorization and repetition. So simply put, in the elementary years, a core foundation of knowledge is built in the subject areas of math, language, social studies, and science. Of course, there's also an emphasis put on Latin learning throughout the school years, and they do start very early with that. The second stage of the trivium is the logic or the dialectic stage. And this assumes that students are moving from concrete thinking to a more analytic approach. And at this point, students should begin to ask questions, compare contrast ideas, and make connections between various aspects of their understanding or their prior knowledge. The key word during this stage is why. And students are encouraged to dig deeper to find the answer. The final stage of the trivium is referred to as the rhetoric stage. And of course, this stage builds on the previous two stages. Students combine the concrete understanding they acquired in elementary with their reasoning skills they developed in middle school to be able to articulate their opinions and reason with debate and writing skills. Students in high school will be intent on refining all aspects of communication, including writing skills public speaking, politics, and even economics. The advantages of this homeschooling method are historically proven. Most of the founding fathers of our country were educated using these principles. If you haven't read their histories, they were highly educated men. Most of them knew several languages and uh, it was a common common quality to be well-versed in all core subject areas. Homeschool curriculum for the classical method is also readily available and it's usually very high quality, which makes it pretty simple to implement a classical education in your homeschool. And of course, as it, as this method has gained popularity over the years, the resources, the homeschool groups that tend to have a more classical emphasis are become becoming more widespread and common and easier to find. If you're wanting to know more about the different types of curriculum that align with each of these different homeschool styles, we are actually in the process of creating a resource. It's going to be an article that lives on our website, homeschool.com. And if you'll check back sometime toward the end of July, beginning of August, you should be able to find that easily on our website. And it will help you as you are looking for specific types of curriculum that align with what type of homeschooler you are. All right, so anyway, those are the three that we're discussing today. Um, If you have one that you are really curious about, go ahead and message us or send us an email. You can always get me at jamie.gaddy at homeschoolconnect.com and just ask me if we would chat about a certain homeschooling style or method that you're interested in. But anyway, thank you for joining us today. I hope you have an amazing week. And as always, with grace and joy, Jane.